Welcome back. Welcome in. Country Roads Confidential here at Earsports.com. Underneath some sad violin music today at 24-7 Sports. Thursday, kind of a dark day. It's Friday morning now. I'm assuming the sun will come up yet. It's very early on a Friday morning, so I can't say for sure. But Thursday gave you just enough pessimism to wonder if anything you took for granted, you could carry forward in the same confidence in the future because... One by one, it looks like conferences are wiping out non-conference sports, most notably football here. Um, first, officially Big Ten, all indications as we are recording this, obviously on a Thursday evening, that the ACC and Pac-12 will follow. Hard to imagine that these Big Five conferences are going to do this individually, not collectively. But this does seem kind of like a mile marker for Something is happening. It's monumental at the minimum because teams are willing to forego three, four games. Um, it could be monumental because it could just be one thing before the next thing, which would be a much bigger action to actually cancel the season here. Uh, I welcome in Chris Anderson, who was feeding me this news because I was otherwise occupied on Thursday. You have a better grasp of this as we sit here and talk about this now. But um, what has happened? How quickly has it happened? And how uniformly do you think it will happen? Um, I, I'm having flashbacks to when we had our emergency pod back in March and I was on vacation. Uh, you called me, I was standing in the middle of Legoland and, um, surrounded by a bunch of kids in some rain. And, and then all of a sudden it was, Hey, this, this league's canceling their tournament and this league's canceling their basketball tournament. And then this league, and then this league. And we just had this sinking feeling of, it's going to keep going and going, and then they're going to cancel NCAA tournament maybe before we even post this podcast. Uh, it just feels like the ball is rolling in that direction, and it feels that way again. Um, it kind of happened fast. I mean, I, th- I think this was always discussed. This was always an option. Uh, we discussed it on this podcast like two months ago, I think, but... Uh, everybody was kind of like, "Hey, it's 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 not happening. We're moving past that. Uh, maybe spring, whatever. We're we're not doing that either." But then all of a sudden today, word comes out from the athletic, Big Ten is going to announce later today no non-conference, and then maybe the Pac-12 will too, and then the ACC probably is too, and all of a sudden you're getting down to just the Big 12 and the SEC, um, and, and we don't know where it's going from there. So it it feels bad and it feels like it might get worse well yeah we know where it's going it just isn't there yet yeah but we know where it's going uh big 12 as we're doing this on thursday evening um randy peterson from the des moines register he covers yeah. iowa state uh he's known bob bowlesby for quite some time bowlesby was the athletic director at iowa for uh, a long long time so they know one another and i guess he's got the bat phone but call bowlesby asked him hey are you seeing this is the big 12 going to do it chris what was his answer uh one word, no. No. Um, I just don't know how the Big 12 doesn't do this because they have schools in Texas. They have games going to Florida. Their non-conference games are getting wiped out. West Virginia is left with one. We'll get into the Mountaineers problem here in a minute, but I, I don't I don't see a way around this. I don't know. And, again, I just have a hard time thinking that the Power 5 conferences are going to move individually, not collectively. What will be curious now is to see what the SEC does because – Football is just so big to them, and they're so big to the sport and maybe college athletics in general that that would be a major, major deal here. Um, I think what's most telling here is that 
no one is hiding from this right now. No one is saying that we hope, you know, this is going to be a cure-all and we should be able to pick things up in, I mean, we're talking what, end of September here. Um, no one's saying that. Everybody's saying they're very concerned. And this is not something they wanted to do, but something they had to do. It just feels like um, there's some resignation that, what do you know? This is real and it should be taken seriously. And there has to be some sort of proactivity and some sort of severity to um, to make sure you don't lose the whole darn thing. Um, I've said this to you, I think, definitely on our boards. I might have written a story, but uh, folks I keep in touch with, best I can right now because <laughs> I don't know how many other times you can ask the same question, but just the, when the prospect of canceling non-conference games came up, they kind of said, like, if that if that happens, then this may be done soon because there's no way you can say the conditions worsen to a point where you have to cancel games in September and assume, guarantee, even reason that they're going to be playable under the similar conditions or significantly improved conditions just three or four weeks later. Um, it just doesn't add up. And the way this is going is not in the direction that you think a three or four week window of time is going to buy you a reprieve. So um, this is worrisome. These, are, these people know more than they're telling us, the people who make these decisions. And if they're doing this and they're saying some gloomy things, then um, not great, Chris. I, there's there's so much going on right here. I, I which Which way do we want to start? Do we want to start on the crapping on the NCAA section of this conversation, the problem-solving college football as a whole section of this conversation, or the problem-solving uh, the West Virginia side of things first? Which way do you want to go? Let's go West Virginia because people are probably listening to West Virginia. The obvious here is no football game against Florida State. That is four plus million dollars gone just gone um you're not going to have that now that's I, I can't tell you how big that is people will be significantly affected by this here that was a big part of the recovery mechanism to uh, attempt to plug up whatever damage was apparent when they had to announce their initial round of cuts and furloughs you figure you get four million bucks from this um that's gonna help you out quite a bit that's gone that's gone um West Virginia ideally gets about $2 million from a home game. There's no way they were going to get $2 million from a home game this year, but easy to say that Maryland coming to town for a non-conference game, that's hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, and now that the economy is going to suffer because of that too. Um, if you don't play the Eastern Kentucky game, that's I want, I don't have it in front of me. That's $400,000 that doesn't go to Eastern Kentucky, Eastern Kentucky, that would be about I, – I did the story before. I don't have it in front of me. I wish I did. Perhaps you can kill some time, and I'll, I'll find it. But that, that helps them fund a lot of their athletic department, like entire recruiting budgets, entire operation budgets for sports. That's gone. So you're talking West Virginia losing, let's say, $5 bucks. Just That's that's the four-plus million from Atlanta. That's the compromise total, but several hundred thousand dollars from not playing Maryland. You're not on TV twice, which is going to hamper already a saddled recruiting uh, momentum and the residual is that Eastern Kentucky is going to have some major, major financial decisions that are going to be here. That's that's just the surface right now because um, other sports are going to get gobbled up too. Yeah, I think um, I want to touch on the Eastern Kentucky thing. So I know in that contract, obviously, there's as in almost every contract out there is a force majeure contract uh, clause which covers things like. And I believe in a lot of them. I know it did in for a couple things that I, I contracts I was looking at. 
specifically stated a pandemic uh, and a situation like this where things get canceled for uh, reasons you can't control, a force of a force of God, a force of nature. It says pandemic. Yeah. So technically, they can both sides, either both or either side, can get out of this without paying. Correct. That's that's how I take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and West Virginia won't have to pay anything, nor should they. It's not. It's no one's fault. It's but that's that's it's an act of God, basically. Um, it's an impossibility clause, so the game is impossible to play. Um, that would be West Virginia's call here. It might also be Eastern Kentucky's call because I think you could have questions about does Eastern Kentucky want to travel to Mon County, um, which is not the ideal of health right now. Um, but if that's impossible because of these conditions, then it's just the, the contracts is torn up. Same as what happened with the NC State game and the hurricane a couple years ago. Right and. And I don't believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't believe anything happened with that NC State game where anything was amended to try to kind of make up for that, right? Correct. Even they, there was talk that maybe they could push the game back a couple of years mm-hmm. um, and try to play it somehow and maybe do something. But you'll remember Lions dug in right away and said, we fulfilled our part of it. We're not going to play a home game or a road game this year. That's unfortunate, but we plan to have the final game of the contract next year. That was like that was eleventh hour. That was the first hour of that. It was him saying, "Yes, we're not playing." And also, we're we're not going to do anything this because contracts are hard in sports. Like you really can't you can't change things around in a football schedule like that where um, you're 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 booked what six seven years in advance. Sometimes it would have been too hard to play it, but he said right away, "We're not even going to bother with that." So, and I'm expecting for the most part that to remain the same with all this, but this is going to be absolutely devastating. Uh, you, you know, you mentioned the four and a half, maybe six and a half. However, and then add in the Eastern Kentucky game, you're talking eight, nine million dollars at least for God, West Virginia. I forgot about yeah, that's a home game for Eastern Kentucky too. So yeah, so amend my math completely. I was so concerned about them losing money and not playing the game. I forget that's another home game. The first home game of the year is always big because you're looking forward to it for so long. So easily a million dollars combined between those two games, easily. So you're talking yeah, you're talking somewhere in the neighborhood of probably six million bucks they're losing. They're just not gaining. Now you're going to save some money on expenses, not much. Um, I think that West Virginia's travel was completely covered, or at least the hotel stays were covered for um, for the game in Atlanta. I think they owed Maryland a hundred thousand dollars, so they're not paying that one. Obviously, the payout to Eastern Kentucky is gone, so you're, that's about a half million bucks there. But again, not having home games and not having a guarantee game is just—it's massive. It's hard to even explain how big of a deal that is in these conditions. And that's for West Virginia. That's for a bigger Power Five school, and this could be. Because this is the non-conference, the way that the teams this is going to affect the most is not actually the Power Five conferences that are canceling these games. It's going to be all those group of five teams that are having the games canceled on them because they count. I mean, uh, oh, God, I want to give credit to whoever brought it up, but I I saw it scroll across my timeline earlier. The example was given was Bowling Green and how two of their non-conference games are against Big Ten opponents. I believe it's Ohio State and Illinois. Mm-hmm. And they were guaranteed like $4 million between those two games, $3 million, $4 million. And that's for Bowling Green. That is a sizable chunk. You mentioned the impact that $4, 4500000 $6 $6 would have on West Virginia and their budget. That $3 million or whatever it was from Ohio State and Illinois for Bowling Green, that is a much larger percentage than, say, $6 million for West Virginia. And, and that's going to be devastating for those group of five conference teams who have much slimmer margins when it comes to football than, than say, West Virginia and other large Power Five programs do. 
Yeah, that was the thing right away. I noticed that the Big the Big Ten's kind of notorious for paying huge payouts to a group of five teams. It's kind of divisive in other Power Five conferences because they've upped the price tag so much, but they get them. And in the Big Ten, to have MAC opponents come to town, those are easy games. It's good for recruiting. The other teams like it because they don't have to spend a whole lot of travel, but their their payouts, their guarantees for non-conference games are enormous. And I'm looking at the list of schools here that aren't playing these games. And, I mean, what's FAU doing playing a game against a Big Ten team? It's for the money. Right. Mm-hmm. Certain, certainly Bowling Green, Kent State, stuff like that. But like Florida Atlantic, what are they doing there? Um, you know, Memphis. Well, that's OK. I get that. But like there's just there's so many like UConn. Why money? Western Kentucky. Why money? Um, and, and Tulane. Why money? It's it's gone now. So it's yeah, I mean, it's it's a big deal. Like those those schools are going to suffer now. And, and the, the price is not going to necessarily be taken solely out on football. It's going to come from other sports. It's going to affect other athletes that um, are affected by football here subsequently. So, but here's and here's something else too. Um, these um, these cancellations or scheduling cancellations, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Are they all non-conference football games? Or are they all for non-conference sport sporting events? Uh, I believe the B- Big Ten in their release said it was for all sports. Yeah. In so, the so right, correct. Now, is that going to be all the other conferences? I guess it was more of a hypothetical. Here. Oh, I'm yeah, yeah. The same. I'm guessing the same is true. Um, those sports aren't going to play. They're just not going to compete because it's, I don't, I don't know how you could like, cause I mean, your soccer, for example, gets paid to go to invitationals. You can't do that. You know, that's funding that's gone. And you're just wondering like, is this worth it? Like, are we going to really spend, I don't know, X hundred thousand, X million dollars on our soccer team this year? I really wonder if conferences are going to go ahead and do that because the financial cost is such. So it may cancel non-conference. I wonder if it cancels seasons altogether. And it may be up to certain conferences, certainly going to be more common, or at least the conversation will be more common in group of five conferences. Division two is FCS, those levels. Um, bad news. I don't know. That's just the easiest way to put that. But I really wonder about the, the Olympic sports in the fall. Will they be funded? Will they play? I don't know. Um, before, before we get into some hypothetical fixes and patchwork for WVU this season, assuming, um, which, which may be silly, assuming they play non-conference games. I would like to bring up rant or ask you a question. I'm not sure which way I want to go now. Cause mm. the more I think about it, the more I'm, uh, I'm unsure of this whole situation. But when we started this podcast, I mentioned how this was reminding me of the spring where, Things just kind of went a domino. Uh, one conference canceled, another conference canceled, another conference canceled, and nobody kind of stood up and was a leader of any of this. And it's happening again with football. And I get that these conferences are almost more powerful than the NCAA, like as a group, as a whole, especially when it comes to football. But isn't there somebody that could have stepped in here? and tried to bring everybody together and find a fix before everybody kind of just sat around and made their own decisions like this. And, and and now it's too late in the game to really do much about it. Yeah. I mean, you wonder at what height of government is it local is it statewide as a federal should that have been involved because it's a certain public health concern. Um, I think what people are forgetting here too, is that, um, Canceling the basketball tournament was a week um, in Kansas City and a week in a bunch of different cities 
for conferences, you know, multiplied by however many conferences. I think there's, what, 34 conference tournaments. And then you got a month of tournaments. So basically you're talking about, um, I don't know, six weeks of basketball. You're talking two and three times that amount of time right now that you're covering if you cancel the season. So I think that's one reason that maybe you haven't seen such um, such definitive action so far. And maybe they've canceled just the equivalent of football's version of what would be the length of time for conference basketball tournaments in the NCAA tournament. Um, that's pretty much the same calendar, more or less, of what non-conference football is. So this could just be the first step, like I said. So I think that in some regard, you may be seeing them using the past and their experiences when they were entirely on their own. There's no manual you can grab off the shelf. There's no chapter in the book you can flip to about how to do this at that point. There is somewhat now. The ink maybe isn't dry, but you can kind of revert to stuff. So again, if you're matching up timetables, okay, this may be similar. Uh, it may be akin to canceling the basketball postseason. Are the conditions the same? I don't know. Um, no, they're not because it's so much later in the game. And then you have the whole thing is this wave one is a wave two. But there's so much data out there right now that you wonder how calculated this decision was and was it as preemptive and you're kind of saying a Hail Mary, so to speak, and or throwing a Hail Mary if you want and and saying, boy, I really hope that this changes between now and September 7th or 5th, I guess, or what is it, uh, August 29th? Can it happen? I don't know. Um, ideally, they fix that, but that's, I think, where you have to get your help, more so than canceling the, the games and the non-conference or even the schedules altogether. I think you'd like to have some help from somebody to somewhere to say, all right, here's a, a plan to remedy this situation. Go do it. Good luck. Um, I don't see that anywhere, though. And that's that's a problem. That's been troubling me for weeks. I've been writing about that for weeks because, like, it, it shouldn't be like that. I don't know why everybody's allowed to float in their own. The NCAA has kind of created that monster by giving those power five schools autonomy in football. But, like, ultimately, it's college football, and that should be the NCAA's responsibility. But then again, are commissioners worried or concerned about this and not wanting to do something for fear of backlash? I don't know. So I, I guess this leads me to... A two-part question. Part one is, is the, if we weren't already on this path, is this the beginning of the end of the Power Five being a part of the NCAA? Is well, it, I, think, is it, I, I think, know that it's auto autonomous, but I'm talking full-on separation. Ooh, because I don't know. I mean, can can basketball teams do without the payouts in the NCAA for the tournament? At this mm. point, I don't know. Like, there's a financial tug of war there i don't know that's a really good question i think people talk about that a lot and you could have a 65 team division of football that acts on its own but I, I i need to see a model about that and i wonder if the sport's equipped for that right now i just think you're gonna have such financial troubles that you might not have 65 division one or fbs teams anymore after this you might not so do you have enough to do what four 16 team conferences i don't know we'll see um i think it's a conversation though it's but it has been for years it just these people don't stimulate a bunch of confidence in me. They could pull that, pull that off right now and also get TV contracts and everything to help fund it. It's, I, I wonder if that's their focus. And if it is, I wonder why too. Um, second part. And, and this is everyone's favorite topic of discussion. Does this spur more conference realignment and make it more regional? I would say certainly non-conference scheduling gets watered down. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think you're going to see like a lot of these hypothetically Chick-fil-A. I don't know their financials, but I don't think you're going to see a lot of these companies put their name on a game and pay someone like four million bucks to come because th there's no way that they would have made money on that deal this year down in Atlanta. You're not going to sell enough tickets for that game or even be allowed to sell enough tickets for that game in Atlanta to 
pay both teams the amount of money and come out on the good side of it financially. Is it going to be better a year from now? I don't know. It's going to take teams a long time or take corporations, I think, a long time to get out of this. Also, you're going to find – how many bowl games are there? 78 now? 80? What is it? Are you going <laughs> yeah. to find that many corporate sponsors? I don't know. So I, I definitely think non-conference schedule is going to be different because you're going to see probably more um, community thinking where bus rides are better than having a fly and book hotels. I think you could see something along the lines of, again, you, you might see conference teams schedule a non-conference game against one another just because it might make more sense. That might be more of an idea for like um, group of fives, but like what we see at Wake Forest and NC State play a non-conference game against each other last year and people didn't hate it. It wasn't a bad idea. Um, so you could do things like that if you had to. If it's if it's regional, it makes sense. Um, you, you might see more night games, so you don't have to fly and spend a night in a hotel and then fly home the day after. You might see teams like, you know, it's a two-hour bus ride. Let's leave at noon. We'll kick off at 8. We're all good. Stuff like that might become part of the future here. Probably more so, I would think, a group of five level, but I don't think every Power 5 school is equipped to escape this and go back to normal either. Um, man, I just got an email. Uh, again, we, we're recording this Thursday evening uh, in in my inbox and yours. I don't know if you're checking it right now, but WVU women's basketball has postponed their workouts as well after half the team tested positive for COVID-19. Right again, that's that's not good but because you're losing the prep time, but that's people coming from all different parts of the country, from junior colleges, from just places where, like, you know, listen, you're going you're gonna to bound to have some now. I still think the bigger deal is that football had four people who were in-house doing workouts that got it, and then all of a sudden they're quarantining more. But um, there's stories like this everywhere. I mean, yesterday, I mean, it's a pretty big deal when Ohio State shuts down its summer activities. It's a pretty big deal when UNC basketball has to close the doors too. So those are these are happening, and I think it's silly. To, I just think it's silly and, and, and reckless to say it'll clear up in a little bit here. Like they're happening just like they happened in March, and. You know, some some level, some extent of corrective action was taken, and, and something has to be happened here. Like, I'm not listen. I'm not one of the people who wants college football to be canceled or delayed to like the, to January. Our job becomes exponentially more difficult. Um, it's a lot more fun when there are games. Even if I can't go in the press box and eat the lousy buffet spread beforehand, like it's still good to cover games. But I just I'm reading everything here that seems a lot like what we experienced before and like you're saying this seems like a lot it seems like you're back in lego land so to speak perhaps that should be our euphemism we're back <laughs> in lego land here do you, do you blame people for this like i just i, I don't want to say it's a failure of leadership because you can't control it but like i was astonished last week when i read that dennis dodd story where they said they weren't even like planning contingencies or anything and they weren't sure like listen we have a committee we've just established to figure out how many people or what percentage of people have to be positive or healthy to say that a game can't be played. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, is this from March? No, it was from the beginning of July. And I just can't believe that these are the people who are in charge of it. If they haven't even done forward thinking like that, which were some of the first things that just lay people thought about. And here we are. Well, this, that's what's bothering me most. Cause it, it, it's scrolling across my timeline again, of, of national uh, people from a, a dozen different publications, reaching out to people from the ACC, from the SEC, from the big 10 and one of them was they had spoken with a coach of the ACC and they had a discussion on a conference call uh, yesterday and, or this morning even, I think. And none of them had any idea that any other conference was even considering this. How is that possible? Uh, like, I understand you're not in the same conference, but you're all have the same interests here. You're all trying to work together. You have games against each other. How is it that 
the left hand does not know what the right hand is doing? How does the ACC not know that the Big Ten is at least considering this or that the Pac-12 has been considering this? It, it, it's boggling my mind I just, that I, I don't know. I, I wonder how true it is for one because these ADs talk all the time. Um, and that the committees meet all the time and like, uh, maybe they're not sharing like proprietary secrets, but that would be surprising if it didn't come up, but there was a story last week and it was like, schools aren't considering canceling non-conference games or delaying the season. That's nonsense. I've yeah. talked to people who've had those conversations. That's nonsense. And like within a week now we have that, that happening. So like, I just, I think some of it is like creative with the truth, I guess, but I, it would just be great to list, be able to know who you could listen to and who has the right information and, um, Unfortunately, and that's not a, that's not really an indictment of anybody. It's just that that's where we live right now. But it's hard to figure out like what's the way out of this right now. How do we not walk into the wood chipper where in the beginning of August, the middle of August, they say, "Listen, we tried. It didn't work. No college football until January, February, March." And that again, that's that's Pandora's box of issues too. That's going to be really hard to figure out how they do that even. But um, listen, time's ticking. Like they got to make a decision on this too. They're, they're doing stuff right now for the first month. That second month, third month, decisions on that are going to have to come just as quick. I think it won't be it won't be before the end of the month before they have a conversation about what's going to actually happen for twenty twenty. Mike, are 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 you telling me? Are you calling Bob Bowlesby a liar when he says no to that? Is that what you're telling me right now? You don't believe him, do you? Yes, <laughs> I do believe him. Like I just, I mean, does he have any plans to do it? Was that the question? Is he planning on canceling the non-conference season? Yeah, is it is is it is canceling non-conference? I don't think they said imminent, but coming up or whatever being considered. I can't remember the exact phrasing there, but just don't know. I mean, he's got to answer the phone. So if he didn't want to talk to him, he wouldn't have answered the phone. So right. I, I don't think he was hiding from the question. Or he got caught off guard. I mean, certainly when when the phone call is right when this is happening, you know what it's coming about if you're the Big Twelve commissioner. So uh, I, I just think it's not. I don't I mean how do you, how does how do you play? Let, let's get to that. Like West Virginia, they have holes in their schedule for September 5th and September 19th. They're not going to play a 10 game schedule. They're not. Um, it wouldn't help them at all and stuff. It just, it, I don't, I'd be stunned. They played a 10 game schedule. Um, maybe they will. Do you think they'll play a 10 game schedule? If they have to, not if they, if they can, I think they'll try not to. I think they'll try right. to add games. Well, let's say, I mean, let's, let's try to get in the mind of Shane Lyons and, and, Kelly Zinn and Nate Brown, Nate Brown, Neil Brown right now and try to figure this out. Like, um, do you say, oh, we're just going to be left with nine non-conference games. Okay, can't do it. So no non-conference games, can't do it. We won't worry about non-conference games. Or do you start plugging your schedule right now? Do you try to say, listen, we're going to have games on week one and three? Oh, yeah, I would absolutely try to find some backups. I would look. I know you've already got your your list. I I I don't know the list, but I would be looking at um, any of those schools, uh, like MAC schools, Conference USA schools, schools that are right there in Ohio, uh, into Kentucky, and, and try to uh, line up a couple of those games. I guess you need your commissioner's guidance on this, otherwise you're chasing your tail for a period of days or weeks, which right. isn't good. I mean, do you want to do you want to call? Like, let's just grab a, a team from my list here. Um, Freaking UConn. How about that? Let's grab <laughs> UConn because I can't have any nice things. Well, you know, I won't be allowed in the press conference anyway this year. So UConn, let's just say. Um, got a history with them. They'll probably take a deal because they're in financial peril as it is. So, hey, week one, UConn, come to town. And I, I'm, listen, I'm speaking out of turn here, but let's, I know that UConn's on my list of schools that loses a Big 12 game or a Big 10 game. So they're eligible, let's say, right? 
they may have an opening. I'm not sure, but let's just say, do you call them and strike a deal? Do you get, I mentioned Tulane before. That's another one that, that loses a big 10 game. So you find two teams that lost non-conference games by some combination of big 10, ACC, PAC 12. Those are the three that we know to be either officially out of non-conference or imminently out of non-conference. So do you strike those deals? You're paying lawyers to do stuff at that point to draft contracts. You got your legal department doing things like that. You got both sides tied up doing things. It's a series of phone calls and meetings and trying to make sure everything goes soft. It's coming fast. So your operations people are trying to figure out, all right, how do we get from school stores to Morgantown? It's been a couple of years since we did that. How do we get from New Orleans to Morgantown? It's been a couple of years since we did that. Um, also, is anybody going to want to come to Morgantown? That's a big deal, too, I think. I wouldn't overlook that. Like, I'm not saying they'll play in Tulane, but I don't think it's a slam dunk that Tulane's coming to Morgantown because it's a big 12 school at this point. Um, there's a whole lot there. Do you waste time and effort doing that? You'd like to know. I mean, that's why I can't believe that this happened with just Converse just cherry picking the moment to do it. Why wasn't it collective? It's insane. Uh, that's a lot of billable hours to write up all those contracts. Uh, and and how many how many of these group of five schools are going to agree to any contract without some sort of language in there that guarantees them something, even if it gets canceled too? Like I, I doubt they'll be lining up to sign up another useless contract that just gets voided, um, you know, a, a couple weeks later. Um, I don't know. I, I like I said I I would try to sign up, but yeah, I don't know if you, especially now given the financial uh, ramifications of all this. I don't know if I'd want to pay a bunch of lawyers and sign up for another contract. I would, if I were Shane Lyons, I'd be calling up a couple friends, uh, a couple friendly ADs. Uh, I don't think that would be, uh, well, football coach Randy Edsel up at UConn, but I'd find a friend and give a little wink, wink, handshake and, and say, you know, hey, I'm lonely that day. You're lonely that day. Let's keep it open just in case. So you mentioned I've done the work. Should I give it all away right now, or should I just should I should I mention the teams that lost non-conference games by way of the Big Twelve and presumably excuse me Big Ten and presumably ACC and Pac-12 canceling non-conference, or oh. should I do that and also say who would work for West Virginia, or do I save the hook for a story? I Mike, you're gonna have to stretch this story out for the next like three weeks at the rate this is going. So you might have to uh, hold on to a few of those. But give give me some good ones. Give me some. Come on. All right. These these are some good ones that lost the game um, to um, non conference cancellations. Okay, just a couple mm -hmm. from different schools. That makes sense. Let's say um, that would be appealing. I'm not saying they work. Some of them do. Some of them don't. Virginia Tech. Memphis, Syracuse, Appalachia State, Troy, Troy, mm -hmm. uh, Bowling Green would love the money right now and played here before. Led at halftime in that game, too, I believe. Buffalo, Temple, Cincinnati, Miami of Florida, Boston College, Notre Dame. Yeah, some good ones there. That's just the ACC or the Big Ten. ACC cancellations: UCF, Liberty, Georgia, Mississippi State, Auburn, Marshall, Charlotte, Akron, Boise State, Western Kentucky, and then Pac-12: 
going to be hard to pull many of these off just because the Pac-12 does a lot of regional scheduling. UNLV, Hawaii, BYU again, Colorado State, Houston. Line it up. Houston, yeah, hold on. Line it up. <laughs> and then uh, Alabama, Texas A&M, Wyoming. And I haven't mentioned anyone from this level yet, but North Dakota State was supposed to play Oregon, which would have been a really cool game. And North Dakota State will not be playing that one now, too. Who knows what happens at the FCS level, but that's pretty much a Division One FBS team. So that might be one of them, too. So some of those teams that I've mentioned can play and fit into West Virginia's openings. They lost non-conference games, um, so they could be available for week one, week three, or October 31st, which is West Virginia's open week in the schedule. So perhaps West Virginia can get somebody for week one, can't find one for week three. Maybe one of those teams that is affected by this has an opening on October 31st, which is week nine of the season. It'd be unusual, um, and all this presumes, of course, that you have non-conference games. Or, this is important too, you'd be allowed to play non-conference games within the course of the conference season. Love it. I would... Uh, I'm looking at the schedule real quick. Where was that? 9-12. Oh, no, that doesn't work, does it? Because of Eastern Carolina. I was about to say, I, I think it, for maximum fan excitement uh, and coach excitement, I would go with Houston and Troy. But it looks like Houston, I believe their opening date is September 12th, which is, is that not the Eastern Kentucky game? So that wouldn't work. Yep. But Troy is... They're on 9-19. They would cancel their game with NC State. You get that one. But again, I think a more practical picks would be like the Bowling Greens, the Toledos, and those couple of schools in, in Ohio. At this point, you got to schedule wins, I think. Yeah. You, you have a chance to schedule wins. Like, you don't get that. You don't have that foresight in scheduling. You just don't. Um, so, man, if Neil Bryan can steal two wins right now, <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that is extremely lucrative because no one's going to remember. Um we're, we're going to get to the season at some point in, in some year, I guess. But, like, man, if he has nine wins and two of them are against Bowling Green and, like, FAU, who cares? Just take it, right? Now, is the other thing is, too, it's got to be a bust can you right dis- away. Can you disclose the fact that you might have some money on the WV over right now? I'm not going to be hammering it right now, too. <laughs> That's the other thing, too. Like, what happens to the books? Like, if you took West Virginia over five and a half and only going to play nine games, that's got to be wiped off, right? Oh, you know Vegas will get their money back, but it, on along that same lines, are you going bowling with four wins now? Four and four? You're good to go in the <laughs> oh, ACC? No. Oh. Love it. We need answers. See, this is why these things have to be better coordinated. Yeah. So what would be the parameters then? Uh, Bob Bowlesby's no exists into perpetuity. You get to play 12 games. I think you got to get drivable games for the opponent just so they can make the most. You're not like, again, I don't Tulane be cool. I think they're here back in like the late nineties, but like who one who cares and what, what good does it do Tulane? Also, man, you don't want to mess with Willie Fritz. That would be a bad, bad matchup. Um, so just cross them off, but too far away. It doesn't make any sense. But are we talking like, Hey, be benevolent to Bowling Green and give them some ducats. And then Kent state, are we talking like bus ride teams that are going to be easy W's? Do you challenge yourself at all? Do you, do you play a road game? Would you play a road game? Could you start no. a could you start a contract with a team? It's it's a lot going on here. I think what I would try to do is I would try to get one easy win if I can. And that's impossible to predict right now, but let's just say bowling green. But then I might look at someone who you might have some interest in playing in a home and home 
So you'd have to find like power fives, you would think. But like, could you do a home and home Cincinnati? Could you do a home and home with who's another one I'm looking at here that might actually be worth it? Because Cincinnati's you know darn near power five. Could you do a Cincinnati a home and home with Memphis? You know, not a not a great group of five team, but certainly one of the better ones across the past couple of years. But I think I would try to get myself a second game out of this somehow or another. So to get a team to come to Morgantown in this situation, a Cincinnati and Memphis, you might have to entice them by saying, all right, we'll play it back. We'll visit you in 2028. So you also take care of some business on the back end of it too. I think I would try to do that. Get a one-off game where you can pay a team, they can make some money and they can lose and then try to do some business with the second one. I don't hate it. I mean, I'd, I'd rather have the two wins, but then again, I'm not the one uh, in charge of the purse strings over there and how much you got to pay out. And I understand that what you're saying, that if you get that other game with a, a home and home contract, you're, you're not having to pay out a bunch of money this year when, when things are pretty tight. So that makes sense. Yeah. You can make some money in the back end of it too. I mean, but that's the point too. I mean, Eastern Kentucky's 400,000 something dollars. Um, I think, uh, what was the other one? Robert Morris, I just did that story. That's $425,000. Those are division below teams, right? Mm-hmm. Can you ask Bowling Green to come for like half a million bucks? Probably not anymore. Dad gone Big Ten. But then can, can concerning the finances, can Bowling Green expect like a million dollars from somebody right now? I like, wouldn't think hard. so, yeah. Maybe then, maybe it's like the transfer market. It's a buyer's market, and WVU can get a little bit of a discount here. I always say this. I would love the salary. I wouldn't love the job, but I would. I think I'd like the job in this thing because I could have a lot of fun with this one. This is this is kind of like right up my alley here. So I'll uh, in story form later today. I'll I'll describe some of the issues here, but also who who is eligible? Who would have a convenience of scheduling to to line up with West Virginia? If by the time that you read this, Bob Bullsby hasn't fallen back on his no. And that the Big 12 is still planning on playing conference game, non-conference games in 2020, question mark. Hey, you know what else we missed here? Or, well, not missed, but we didn't discuss yet? No. So the because of this ruling today, Maryland, West Virginia, what a three-hour drive has been canceled. Mm-hmm. While West Virginia will still, assuming everything else goes according to plan in conference games, fly to Lubbock, Texas, and Austin, Texas, and Maryland will still fly to Chicago, Illinois, and Bloomington, Indiana, both four or five times as long of a drive. I mean, they'll be flying, but still much larger distances than just coming over to Morgantown. Um, Again, seems counterintuitive that you're going to cancel that game in non-conference, but keep conference games where you're traveling twice as far seems kind of crazy yeah yeah i don't know um, how you fix it because I, no. I i mean what are you going to do just only have home games or only play people in your conference that are close by and and cancel the ones that are in the other division i'm not sure but yeah, just turn it into minor league baseball and have bus rides i mean that's, yeah but like you'd have to have a whole bunch of cooperation among these conferences which have proven that they are not on the same page right now on things um i also wonder if decisions would be easier one way or the other if they would just make up their mind in attendance, like we're, we're, I can understand not making your mind up in April and May, maybe even June, but we're, we're deep enough into this now and we can read and we understand stuff. There's, 
just set something up and say something like we're, we're beginning here. We're not beginning at 100 percent. We're beginning here. And then schools are going to say, we can't function like that. Let's cancel our non-conference games. Like, I feel like if they started with one decision, they would have made other decisions after that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But that's a huge financial blow, too. Because, again, the difference between, like, having fans and not having fans is, I mean, in excess of a million dollars a time for West Virginia. So that's a big deal. Sunny stories every day. Yes. Another great day. Hey, speaking of um, – Right when we hung up last time on Wednesday, um, the Shea Campbell news. Um, I love the story. Mm. Yeah. Um, the, the Division Two National Champs, Western Florida. University of – is it West or Western? My bad. Uh, they're the Argonauts. That's what I know. But one of the best teams in Division Two. they they're four years old. They've played for a title, and they've won a title in their existence. And uh, uh, it's the situation is about as good as it can get there. I talked to him. Um, he's taken care of down there. The stadium is on a bay in Pensacola, Florida. They have a role for him. That team is going to be loaded again. And I don't know if we, like, genuinely had this conversation. I know I did, but sometimes you just kind of humor me when I go off on these tangents. But I really thought it was something that he could do and have fun with. And he was intent on doing it and even said, like, I want to win a national championship. And I think you kind of roll your eyes sometimes. Yeah, well, he's going to end up at, you know, Wheeling Jesuit or he's going to end up at West Lib or Glenville State or whatever. Fine schools, but, like, man, you figure you're going for it. You know, aim at the top. He came to the top, and he nailed it, too. He's going to the best Division II team. Um, that's going to be really good again this year, and he's going to play for him. And, I mean, I would expect him to compete for a national championship this year. I love it. Love the pick. Let, you know, get a beautiful location, a team that's that's already great and and doing so so quickly. That, that's, a, that's a nice pick for him, just like you predicted on the pod and we discussed. That was good. Um, they're gonna um they're gonna have a couple transfers in their team too. He was telling me that they got guys from different schools that are coming in that from the Division One level who are playing for them, um, and has a chance to be a really good player on that team. But he won't be the only one. Um, Oregon State linebacker Key Wetzel, um, a pretty good player, pretty good recruit out west, is also going to be on the same the same line with him, playing linebacker for that team. Um, I love it. I think it's a cool story. I wish other teams would do it, and I'm sure other teams are. Maybe not everybody could do it quite as easily or impressively as Western Florida, but um, hey, take a page out of their book or try to get guys that can do this, and maybe it works. West yep. Florida, by the way. Um, you ready for – you want to end on this note, a little comment, uh, press yeah. release as we're doing this from Bowling Green Athletic, Direct, Athletic Director Bob Moosebrugger, I believe is how you pronounce it saying pretty much the same thing we just said. Uh, it talks about how, you know, it, it's difficult decisions. He understands that, that the Big Ten has to make it, but that the 10 FBS conferences signed a college football playoff agreement with an expectation that we will work together for the good of college football. If we are to solve these challenges and be truly dedicated to protecting the health and safety of our students, student athletes, we need to do a better job of working together. Good for I him. Think, yeah, good for him. I mean, that, that's – I think everybody kind of feels the same way and i'm glad that some people are going to uh, uh, in positions of power are going to say it and put some other people's feet to the fire and try to hold them accountable yeah that sounds like a guy who lost two million bucks today and found out on twitter <laughs> and found out on twitter and not from not from a phone call or an email good for him absolutely that's what that sounds like good for him all right well plenty coming up today i'll try to fill in some blanks on the non-conference scheduling provided it happens uh more with shay campbell later on in the weekend uh, big news in the people's program too. major, major game coming up against uh, perhaps one of the best teams in the country that is not Chip West's team. Um, and then just trying to spin through July and whatever the rest of this throws at us. 
Um, and I'll have some recruiting updates. I've caught up with a, a couple other kids that got new WVU offers, including a four-star offensive tackle. Um, apparently, West Virginia is just going to keep loading up on long, lanky, athletic tackles to uh, fill up the roster in this 2021 class and also be taken up on some basketball recruiting. I think we got some news coming, uh, not a commitment, so don't get too crazy, but I think there's going to be some movement on the basketball recruiting front in the next few days, and uh, we'll be on top of it when it happens. For 2020? Uh, 2021, excuse no, me, for care. basketball. And I don't think, I don't think, I, I still don't think, and I think you wrote about it and asked about it, there's going to be a, a late addition for this class unless they find somebody to redshirt. Well, if you're talking about redshirt and Tosh Sleet, <laughs> why, why are you adding people? Like, not, yeah. not joking, but like if you're saying, listen, we don't have enough to give that guy a appreciable run. Like we may just redshirt and then psh, who, who are you going to add that's going to make a difference? So yeah, maybe a guy they can redshirt and develop or whatever, but um, we'll see. Plenty to do. Uh-huh. All right, let's wrap it up, Chris. That's all for this time. What a time it was. What a time to be alive, right? Uh, we will see you next time for earsports.com. I'm Mike Kazaza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We'll talk to you later.